Good morning, everybody. Wednesday, 24th of November, and a bit going on today. Not too much going on in the market. Let's cover that quickly. Our market down 11. Wall Street was up 195. Futures were up one. You've got banks and iron ore for the second day on the trot doing quite well and technology sector not doing well. We're expecting a quiet week. US is closed on Thursday, half day on Friday. We've got FOMC minutes on Wednesday, that's today, tonight in the US. They're squashing all their economic numbers into tonight's releases before going on holiday. Some big moves overnight in commodities, oil price up 3%, coal price up 7%, iron ore price up 5%, that's up 22% from the bottom now, and BHP and Rio up 28 and 2.9% in the US overnight, and looking okay today, not great, up 1% and 1.4%, but that's a big outperformance today. Right, a few things going on in the SPY section A few strategy headlines today. Iron ore going up. I know this should be in the ideas section, but we've timed BHP and Fortescue Metals, and those seem to be going quite well. We were trying to time the bottom of the iron ore price. It does seem to be happening. That's helped by reduced Chinese economic risk as this Evergrande situation seems to improve. Evergrande was up 6.6% yesterday, and the Evergrande new energy vehicle was up 14.8%. So things calming down, or the risk calming down in China. There's also chatter about the Chinese easing policy, which obviously helps that whole GDP cycle or the sentimental cycle towards Chinese growth. And also, probably more relevant overnight, iron ore up 5% as Vale, the big Brazilian producer, says it expects to lift iron ore production, but at a slower rate than a lot of analysts expected for next year. So iron ore is on the run. It's not a huge bounce, it's got to be said, in the iron ore price, but Fortescue certainly got the bit between the teeth, and BHP and the others are following a little bit. Also, you'll see in the ideas section today, we have added two other iron ore stocks as confidence about the iron ore price bounce builds. And I'm not suggesting you all go out and buy them because they are smaller, they're more risky, and the buy signals are very short-term, daily signals. But Champion Iron, which is a $2.3 billion market cap company with operations in Canada, there's a buy signal on those. And also the obvious one here, if you want to get bang for your buck in iron ore, is Mount Gibson. It does tend to be a bit fickle. I have thrown myself on the rocks trying to trade bounces in small stocks like this before. But there you go, a couple of ideas, and I've added them to the ideas portfolio, CIA and MGX today. Let's see if this iron ore turnaround is significant. It could all die tomorrow, of course, but going with it at the moment. The other thing we seem to be getting right is coal. We just may have timed our purchases of New Hope Coal and Whitehaven Coal quite well. If you look at the chart of the coal price, we bought it as the COP26 conference was going on and was turning into a failure and the sentiment towards fossil fuels had seen the coal price smashed from $170, $180 a tonne down to $100 a tonne coming into COP26. And then COP26 didn't really do much. Coal price started to bounce and we bought into that. So NHC, WHC, 
uh, going okay in our ideas portfolio and there are buy signals on WHC this morning on our technical scan so happy to continue playing those. Otherwise a couple of strategy things you'll see the Powell appointment appears to have come with a commitment not to let inflation get entrenched and all the news wires are talking about tapering having to come faster than expected and interest rate rises having to come super sorry sooner than expected and on the back of that the 10-year bond yield you'll see the chart in the spy section 10-year bond yield getting back up to its recent highs 1.6755 and the technology sector falling in the US in the last couple of days and absolutely belted here yesterday afterpay was down 5% WiseTech down 5%, NextDC down 5%, to name a few. And the sector's off colour yet again today. Not too bad today, but definitely running against the tide. And it's all to do with interest rates and what's happening in the US. And this more hawkish attitude towards inflation since the Powell appointment has been described in one newswire as the hawkish Fed pivot the hawkish Fed pivot. And that's not going to play out well for technology stocks. It's no great big trend change. I have looked at the chart of the US technology sector today. It's still very much in uptrend. This is a tiny little drop off the top. So it's not as if it's all over for technology yet. But obviously, they're taking a pause over the last couple of days. Just to note, in the US, the technology sector trades on a P of 31.86 times. And that is $19 trillion worth of technology stocks in the US trading at 31 times. As I've said before, if you were to take a company in the real world like Marcus today and offer its owner 31 times last year's earnings for the whole company, you would get knocked over in the rush for me to retire and take up golf permanently. 31 times is a huge multiple in the real world. And here we have 19 trillion trillion dollars worth of stocks in the US trading at 31.86 times. It is an amazing market at the moment. It does tend to suggest that we are risking a correction at these heady multiples. But just to put that uh, in perspective, they have an information technology which is sector which is 27.9% of their market. Plus you can add in some other communication services companies, some other technology companies. You can actually get to 49%, half, almost half of the US market could be considered technology-based trading on 31 times. And the S&P 500, which has a market cap of $39.74 trillion, trades on 26 times. That means if you take technology out of that, half of the S&P 500 is actually not trading on 26 times, trading on 20.4 times, which is much more normal. Long-term average would be 18 times, something like that. And it makes our multiple 16.7 times look really less vulnerable, less scary. We only have 4.7% of the ASX 200 in information technology. There's also communication services, Telstra is 4.3% in that sector. But we have a much smaller technology sector. We have a much lower PE. And you'd have to say that if the market did really have a correction, the US is going to get it in the neck a lot more than we are, especially if it's based on higher interest rates. We will plod along. Of course, we will follow. But we will plod along rather than collapse, I think is what I'm trying to say. 
update because the PE of technology stocks at 31.86 is almost double our PE of 16.72 for all our stocks. Of course, we've got lots of boring financials, 31% of the ASX 200 materials, which is resources, 17%. So 50% of our market is in two large, boring, very different sectors to the US. Anyway, my waffle main issue there is the US has got a real valuation problem in technology that we don't have. Right, other stuff. Europe still struggling with COVID cases. GDP downgrades will follow. The euro's going down on the back of that. And cheaper holidays for Australians. I might get that colour supplement out designed for retirees. I am over 60 now and start looking up cruises on French Riviera boats or something like that. It'll be a bit cheaper, especially if they do get GDP downgrades. Other couple of quick things. The Chinese tech wreck continues. Alibaba had a big rally in October. It's going down again. 17 month low, down 19.5% in a week brokers downgrading. And just a bit of a warning, I've called it breaking waves. I have two avid surfers on staff now, so easy to get a picture of someone making a fool of themselves on a big wave. And there's one in the spy section today. But Zoom video communication, Zoom obviously, had a huge boom in the pandemic. It was down 14.7% overnight. It is down 66% since the vaccines arrived late last year. And it does just highlight that there are some pandemic bubble stocks, let's call them that, pandemic bubble stocks that are now deflating. Zoom is one. Another one is Robinhood Markets in the US. That's down about 60%. Self Wealth in Australia. Self Wealth is equivalent of Robinhood Markets. That's down 63% from the top now and still going down. Another one would be Kogan. That's down 49% in a year. Marley Spoon down 62% in a year. And others I can think of is Redbubble, Temple and Webster, and all the buy now, pay later stocks have obviously had their moment in the pandemic sun and it's clouding over but pandemic bubble stocks watch out for those don't expect them to to reflate the pandemic ain't coming back and zoom's chart tells you that and you'll see a chart of that in the spy section today right in the portfolios i've just done a routine look at some of the news in the portfolios. You can read that in the spy section. Not very interesting. But we are selling one stock today, which is Betmakers. It is the smallest stock in the Fufu or Forever portfolio. It has been the worst performer. We inherited it. Henry holds it in the small companies portfolio. It is more suited to the ideas section. So I've sold it out of the Fufu portfolio, put it on the watch list in the ideas section. We'll watch it there. There is actually a good reason to be looking at bet makers. If you look at the numbers, there's a massive turnaround from making losses for the last few years to making significant profits next year. But they've made a a few blunders in the last few months. It is viewed as a technology stock. Tech stocks are coming off. And the market, the market, sorry, not the market, the market has lost sight of this huge jump in profits next year for the moment. But I think it will come back. So it deserves to go on the watch list, trying to time the sentiment return in bet makers. But 
selling it out of the Fufu portfolio. It's more of a special situation than a forever stock. It lacks some of the forever ingredients. I don't know why I kept it in the revamp anyway, but it doesn't have long-term outperformance. It doesn't have a big market cap, doesn't have reliable earnings. It is actually loss-making. So selling that from the Fufu portfolio, which is another issue that highlights small stocks are so much harder. And if you are buying stocks forever, they really do need to be reliable, not conceptual anyway. And I was looking in the dividends and franking portfolio, I was going to prune Woodside and Santos. They're cyclical, bit unreliable, highly dependent on energy prices, highly correlated to energy prices. I'm just going to hold on to them. Obviously, the oil price well up overnight. And just looking at the trend in the oil price, it's okay. Woodside's also done this deal with BHP, which is which has got the CEO fizzing. So we'll just hold on to that for the minute. And lastly, one idea on the technical scans. I use the technical scans to come up with short-term ideas mostly, but it can also highlight longer-term pivot points. But there was a buy signal. I also scan metal prices, markets, currencies, everything really. Around 2,000, 3,000 items get scanned every morning for technical turning points. Anyway, aluminium and alumina, AWC, both had buy signals this morning on the scans. It is really short-term stuff, too early to call. So not convinced yet, but I put them or I put alumina on the watch list for the moment. Right, that's about it plenty for you to get your teeth into there. Markets had a little bounce whilst we've been talking. We were off 29. We're now up three banks and iron ore, leaving the rest of the market behind. Dow futures, as I speak, down 13. New Zealand just raised interest rates by 25 basis points, by the way. That's about that. Henry's on his way down to Melbourne. He is going to go missing next week. So you'll have me keeping an eye on the small company's portfolio next week. You have a fabulous day and I will speak to you tomorrow.